The Cup Series running on the road course at Daytona for the first time ever. A big challenge out of Denny Hamlin here one last time. But trying to make history, the nine of Chase Elliott, three road course wins in a row. He's going to win at Daytona. Welcome to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. So if that's what you're looking to do, you have come to the right place. We're back taking the green flag for another episode. It's going to be jam-packed because first we're going to recap Daytona where we are back. We crushed it. We've got pockets full of money here, so we're going to go over just a, a couple things that happened last week and, and kind of use that momentum moving forward to talk about our main topic this week because we've got a double header at Dover. The Dover double header. Gotta love that. I'm really starting to love these uh, back-to-back Saturday-Sunday races on the schedule. I know it's an altered schedule, but I'm starting to like it. So we'll talk a lot about that. Money line picks, head-to-heads, the whole nine yards, just like we always do. And uh, along the way, we're going to call out some daily fantasy picks. And at the end, we'll, we'll put together the roster. And then, at the very end, it's a pretty big weekend for the sibling sport, IndyCar. The Indy 500 coming up this weekend. So uh, we'll throw just some thoughts out there. I'm by no means a big-time IndyCar guy, but uh, I do have some thoughts, and they have the lines out for that. So we'll, we'll give it a quick look, you know, and, and maybe it'll be the first IndyCar podcast about gambling. So i uh, have to research that. Probably not. But in any case, jam-packed episode. That's what we're going to be covering this weekend. And like I said, we're going to start by recapping the Daytona road course. It was a wild one. I mean, trucks, Xfinity, Cup, all of them were crazy. They got a lot of good replays of guys just taking those turns way too hard, and that's really what NASCAR's looking for when they put that racetrack on the schedule. So we picked Chase as the winner. The draft stats are stats that we came up with last week. It's a new stat. I reached out to Larry Mack. He didn't uh, He didn't respond back to me. I thought he might like the trends, but he didn't hit me back up on Instagram. That's okay. I'm not offended, but the draft stats helped us choose Chase, and we cashed in on the big one there, even though he was going off as the favorite. We weren't scared of him, and it worked out for us. We cashed in on a Jimmy Johnson top 10. He looked really good. He was threatening for the win, a little bit close to the end there, and then uh, crushed our prop bets, continuing to crush the prop bets. Uh, we hit the odd pick, it's odd or even. We, we crushed that with the nine car under 12 and a half. We hit that one as well. We called out Michael McDowell as someone in our uh, daily fantasy roster to, to take, and he finished top 10. So just great stuff all around. Felt really good at that road course at a racetrack where we had no idea what was going to happen. If you're listening to this podcast, we kind of had an idea. So it was great stuff. A lot of momentum coming now with three races to go, and two of them are this weekend before the playoffs start. So we know that Daytona is the last race before the playoffs, and that is something where anything can happen. That's why they have it in that slot before the regular season ends. So now we've got two races to focus on at Dover where we can really start to paint a picture and cash in on the bets based on track history and based on what we're seeing with momentum and the whole nine yards just like we always do. So before we get to that wild card race, we have an opportunity to really cash in 
at Dover this weekend. So let's go to the Sean Boy track stats. That's right, Sean Boy back another week sponsoring. It's one of the most important segments, honestly, and Sean Boy helps you with some of the most important stuff you have going on in your work life. If you're struggling with your Excel spreadsheets, the numbers, the analytics, and and you're relying on that to pay the bills and you're in over your head, give Sean Boy a call. He'll help bail you out of that hole that you've dug yourself. If you use promo code HAMMER, he'll give you 75% off your first consultation with Sean Boy. And maybe he'll even take you out to the golf club for a beer for a quick nine holes. Sean Boy is that type of guy. So just remember when you're punching in that promo code, Sean Boy, he's our boy. Now, looking at these track sets, it is a perfect number. 100 races in the pass at Dover. So that's exactly what we want to see when we're talking about percentages because it's nice and easy. So starting from the pole, the winner has started there 13 times, 13%. You get what I'm saying there. And the last time someone has won from the pole was 2010. Jimmy Johnson won 10 years ago. That's 20 races ago. Somebody started from the pole and won. So it's not something that happens very often, I would say. Uh, 13 times, it's a decent percentage, but Recent history would say it's not a a common thing. Starting within the top five, though, 57% of the time, that's big number there. And then starting in the top 10, the winner has started there 77 times. So starting position matters. We have the the starting roster already out. And, you know, we'll call out some guys where they're starting. Outside of the top 20, though, I mean, if you're starting outside the top 20, you could be in a little bit of trouble here. It's only happened five times. Last time it happened was 2013 with Tony Stewart. So it's definitely something that's hard to come by, but I'm going to be talking about somebody that's starting outside that top 20. So we'll uh, we'll put a pin in that and we'll get back to it now. Manufacturer stats, Chevy and Toyota, they've been kind of trading barbs here. But one thing that I found that was really interesting Kevin Harvick won in a Ford a few years back, but that's Ford's only win in 17 races. So to put that in perspective for you, Dodge, a manufacturer that is currently not in the sport anymore, has two wins in that time period. So, wow, that's just crazy. It's not something that I think I would have expected out of Ford. And we're going to talk about them in the prop bet section because Ford is going off as the favorite right now out of the manufacturer. So that doesn't make quite sense. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Ford's kind of weird. The other thing when you're diving into the track stats and driver stats at this racetrack, Kyle Larson just jumps off the page at you. And it really makes you wonder, you know, we talk about being able to gamble on free agency and where guys are going to land. I mean, a, a track like this, it may really make an owner think about signing somebody like Kyle Larson because he just has the numbers here. He has a lot of good stats to point to and say like, hey, I could still race at that level. Um, and I don't think that's the question. It's just the the character issue. So it'll be interesting. If that was an option to bet on, I would definitely be analyzing that pretty hard. So um, as far as strategy this week, Dover, two races. That, by the way, like we've said in the past, the Numbers that we have on this podcast that we're going to be looking at are out for Saturday. Those numbers will change for Sunday, I'm sure. And uh, if you want to get any updated picks, you're going to want to follow us at Full Tank Phil on Instagram for any updated money line picks or especially head to heads, uh, anything like that that changes for Sunday. Give us a look there, and we'll be sure to call them out Sunday morning. I'll get up, you know, check out the new odds and 
put some stuff out there. But my strategy this week, I'm not afraid of favorites. You know, for a little while there, when Cole Custer and Austin Dillon both snagged wins in the Midwest swing, I think it was a little bit of a shell shock because it was like, wow, anything could happen. But recently, I, I've gone back the other way, and I'm no longer scared of favorites. So uh, let's start with some money line picks, and I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Yes. Now, the funny thing is he's not even going off as the favorite. When the lines first came out, he was going off at plus 325, the head and shoulders favorite above everybody else. But then over the past 24 hours, his number has dropped to plus 400. And Kevin Harvick now going off at plus 375 is the favorite. We're going to avoid Harvick this week, at least for Moneyline for Saturday. But Truex, he to me is the true favorite when it you look at the numbers. All right. So let's just get right down to it then. So in the last 10 races, his numbers are above and beyond everybody else's two wins, six top fives, eight top tens. That's just wild. We talk about laps led sometimes here on this podcast. He's second in that time frame with laps led. Harvick is first in that category and Harvick does lead by a lot. But what that tells me about Truex is he's up front often He's able to put the car in a position to win, and clearly he's done it often and twice in the last 10 races. So his driver rating, which is a stat that we hold very high on this podcast, is fourth out of all active drivers. It's 99.8. And then his average finish improves huge from when you're looking at it all time to his last 10 races. So if you look at his all-time career Average finish at Dover, it's 12.2. But if you just zero in on the last 10 races, it jumps to 5.6. That's first out of all active drivers in the last 10 races. So an incredible jump there. And that's exactly what we're trying to look for when we're coming through these stats. We're looking for these guys who are good now. And he is that. Six out of the last seven races, he's finished in the top five at Dover. I mean, that's just fantastic. So... All good stuff. And then one other thing that stood out to me was he has completed in the last 10 races 100% of his laps that he was a part of. So that's such a rare thing. He's the only guy in the field to have 10 lead lap finishes to boot. So we're talking like even Kevin Harvick, the guy who's going off as the favorite, he has nine lead lap finishes in that time. Truex has 10 of those and he's completed every lap. I mean, that's just that's just wild. So great stuff, what we're seeing out of there. Now, if we're talking about his 2020 season, right? I He, to me, has kind of been like a little bit of an afterthought. You know he's in the playoffs. You know he's going to make a push down the road as this season starts to wind down. But he's really starting to peak at the right time. I don't. He has quietly, very quietly, had five third-place finishes in a row. That's right. Third place five times in a row. We were going on and on about the Almirola top 10 streak that he was on. How about third place finishes? It started back at Kansas and it continued last week at the Daytona road course. So all different types of tracks, he's knocking those third place finishes out. So it just feels like they're getting to that point where they're going to break through. He needs another win. I mean, the playoffs, we've said it about other guys with Hamlin and Harvick having bunch of wins. These guys are going to need to step up and get some of these playoff points. So 
big stuff. He's got two opportunities to do it at a track that he really likes. They're going to call it maybe his home track because, I mean, the joke is that every track is Truex's home track. But he's from South Jersey, Dover, close by. So he clearly likes it. Mark me down for Truex plus 400. I think this is going to be a really good pick either Saturday or Sunday. And the other thing that I'll add, sorry, I almost jumped the gun on this one, but he is somebody that I'm throwing into my daily fantasy roster. The price for Truex is 11000 for your roster. So I'm going to tell you the guys that I'm putting in, and then I'll run down my roster at the end. But he's definitely the most expensive guy that I'm going to be spending money on this week. So mock me in there. Plus 400 for the win, and he's going to throw into my daily fantasy roster to boot. Another guy that I like this week is a guy we talked about last week. He cashed in for us. It's Chase Elliott. All right. He's going off at plus 550. So anybody that's been listening to this knows that I typically don't like back-to-back, but I'm kind of throwing all of that shit out the window because, you know, I need to readjust. You need to see the writing on the wall and read and react and, and cash in. So in his last eight races at Dover, one win, six top fives, six top tens. So eight races, six top fives. That win came in the 2018 season in that playoff race at Dover. So he clearly has shown that he can get it done here. Now, last year, he had his worst finish at Dover in that same playoff race, 38th. And if you remember, he raced about nine laps and then had something go wrong with his shifter, I think it was. But it was part of a really bad luck stretch for Chase last year in that portion of the playoffs. Uh, So that was his worst finish. Other than that, he has just crushed top fives since day one. Like his first track or first time at this track, he scored a top five. So his average finish is 8.6 in the last 10 races. That's good enough for second out of all active drivers. And his driver rating is fifth out of everybody, 98.2. Chevy has had success here, and and with Larson out of the picture, Chase is just the guy now representing Hendrick, representing Chevy. He is just the man with the plan and all that momentum. I mean, coming off of that win, that has to feel so good. And kind of like what we're saying about Truex, right? You've got a guy who is in the playoffs. He's just looking to cash in from bonus points here. They have a lot of good momentum coming off of this win. So they're cruising, and they're at a track where they know that they're good, and they get two whacks at it? I mean, are you kidding me? Plus 550 is higher than I thought I was going to see for Chase. I thought he was going to be down around plus 400. So once I saw that, I kind of threw the whole back-to-back thing, that rule, out the window, and and I'm going to lock it in plus 550 for the nine car. And on top of that, his daily fantasy value is $10,000. That's way cheaper than I thought you were going to get for him. He's starting first, so he's got the pole. And, I mean, we know that winning from the pole has, you know, not been awesome. 2010 was the last time it happened. But, I mean, in this case, I'm going to take anything I can get. And maybe on Sunday he won't be starting on the pole, and he'll get it done then. So both races this weekend I'm taking Chase. At least Saturday he's going off at plus 550, so better cash in on him while you can. Now, it's time to turn our attention to someone who we have sworn off, We took him a lot at the beginning of the year, and we have watched, if you consider like the driver's odds, like the stock market, we have watched this guy plummet. And we've been saying, sell, sell, sell for a while now, but I think this is the time when it's time to buy Kyle Busch stock because he's going off at plus 1,200. I can't even 
remember the last time I saw Kyle Busch. That's that's right. Kyle Busch, the 18 car, the guy who drives like the M&M's car, that guy. Plus 1,200. I've never seen that. Used to be just a complete layup here. I can remember in like 2014, like a while back, but still I can remember watching like the trucks and Xfinity races and he was just mowing down the field. Now he didn't get the sweep that weekend, but he historically is good here. And I, I it just burned in my brain like, wow, this guy loves this racetrack. So his last 10, one win, three top fives, six top tens. His win came in 2017. And the thing about him is, if he's on the lead lap, he's finishing in the top 10. His driver rating is third out of all active drivers. So plus 12, I'm just going to keep harping on that number because it's just unbelievable to me. Plus 1,200 for a guy who is third in driver rating, 104.3. His average finish, that's not great. I mean, it's not in the top 10 out of active drivers. And to be honest, I mean, that's kind of Kyle Busch's style. He, he really, for a while, is like checkers or wreckers. So... You know, I know he's got stronger numbers at other racetracks, but Dover, he finished 10th and 6th last year in 2019. So if you could picture it, right, you're looking at the end of the race. Kyle Busch is there. We have this new choose rule. Maybe Kyle's in 6th. And like we said, he's on the lead lap. He's going to be in the top 10. So maybe he's in 6th. Choose rule. He chooses an opposite lane, goes against the grain a little bit, gets further up track position. I mean, if he's there in the end... Why can't Kyle Busch get it done? He's, he's one of the greatest wheelmen we know in this generation. So there's another pattern that I have for Kyle in 2020. So anytime he's finished outside the top 20, he finishes top five in the next race. Not top 10, top five. So there's a, a prop bet for you. You should take him to finish in the top five if that pattern were to continue. But again, saying if you're there in the end, why can't you snag a win? And two knocks at it. There is definitely something to be said for Kyle there. So in addition to that, he's the complete opposite to me of Chase and Truex. He is not comfortable. He needs to get something going to have something to cling on to for the playoffs. And he has never had a season go by where he hasn't had a victory. I mean, his rookie season, he had two wins. So the pressure is starting to build. And I think maybe a whole weekend at a track like this will do him some good. I'm jumping all over it. Now he's starting outside the top 20. That's what we were saying in the beginning. Got It's going to have to knock that trend, you know. But uh, if anybody can do it, it's Kyle Busch, right? He's just historically the, the contrarian. So why not? Plus 1,200, the 18 car. Let's get it done. So just to recap, we're taking Kyle. We're taking Truex in the 19 plus 400 and we're taking chase elliott in the nine car plus 550 let's get to the prop bet section shall we because this has been just a, a section that's been on fire for us recently and we're going to start with a few top 10 picks these have just been great and they're sometimes the most fun bets if you're new to the podcast, new to gambling on NASCAR. The top 10 bets are fun because even if your guy's not competing for the win, maybe he's in that 15th to 7th spot back and forth. You know, it just really makes the, the gambling aspect interesting. So we're going to pick up where we left off last week, and we're going with Jimmy Johnson. That's right. He's going off at minus 139 to finish in the top 10. That number doesn't scare me because I really feel strong about Jimmy Johnson this weekend. He has the most all-time wins at Dover. I mean, best driver rating, 112.9. 
Pretty sure he had a perfect driver rating at some point in his career. So he loves this racetrack. It doesn't matter if he's kind of past his prime. He's on his way out. They love him here. He loves this racetrack. Dover is Jimmy Johnson. So average finish in his last 10 races, 14.5. That's good enough for 10th out of all active drivers. So that's something right there. I mean, Jimmy, when we focus on the average finish for last 10 races, his numbers are usually way outside that top 10. But at Dover, he's 10th. So he's hanging in there. He's right there. And that's all we're talking about right now. Remember, just finishing in the top 10. In his last 10 races, you want to talk numbers? Two wins, three top fives, six top 10s. Six top 10s. This is his last 10 races. This is the washed up Jimmy, quote unquote. This is the guy who's way past his prime, quote unquote. Six top 10s. 60% of the time. Eighth last fall. So at a season last year where he was really bad in a lot of people's eyes, he finished eighth at Dover. So Dover is just a, it's it's the good medicine going down. And he's got two shots at it this weekend to do something. So finished in the top 10 last weekend at the Daytona Road Course, a chance for some more momentum. He needs to get something together to make a playoff push. He does not want to rely on Daytona. You better believe that the 48 camp, is thinking long and hard right now, whenever you're listening to this, they're thinking about how this is their weekend. They need back-to-back good finishes, and I'm talking top 10, in order to get back in the playoff picture with points and maybe even steal a win. I mean, if you want to talk about that, they're going off at an astronomical number, like plus 2,100, I believe it is right now, to win the race. They need to, if they're going to try to point themselves in, this is a huge weekend for them. And then if they want to go out and steal a win, if they need to at Daytona, fine. But big points weekend for the 48. That tells me as the gambler that I need to take him in the top 10. So minus 139 just makes sense to me for Jimmy Johnson. Keep it going. We're going to talk a little bit more about him in the head-to-head section. So keep an eye on that. Next guy I'm targeting is a little bit different. So Cole Custer, he's going off at plus 180. And that is a number that just doesn't quite make sense to me. Now, I think the rookie aspect of it is playing into it. So I think this is an opportunity here for the gambler to kind of jump on that really good number to finish in the top 10. Plus 180, that's kind of rare to find someone that you really like. And I really like Cole Custer. So I'm basing that off of his Xfinity numbers, six races in Xfinity, one win, and it happened last year. So his most recent trip, he got the win, four top fives and five top 10. So Five times out of six in Xfinity, he's finished in the top 10. Like I said, that's all we're looking for here. But this is a guy I'm big on, even if you're a young driver, especially with these rookies. We have an awesome rookie class. I think the the rookie of the year race is phenomenal because you got Cole Custer, who has the win. You got Tyler Reddick, who's having a great point season. Christopher Bell is just Christopher Bell. He snagged an awesome ride for next year. So A lot of good stuff coming out of that. But when you're talking about someone who has minimal experience maybe in the Cup Series, I like guys who show up to the racetrack and just feel the good vibes of the past. And Cole Custer is clearly getting that here at Dover. So good value there at plus 180. I really like him. And if you think about, you know, the fact that he's taken over the the 41 car for Suarez, Suarez has had success at Dover himself. When he was driving the 41 car, he finished uh, 11th and 14th. So he was threatening for that top 10. So the team in 2019 without Custer 
knows what they're doing. They're right on that cusp, and they're getting a driver who really likes that track. I think it's really good. I'm taking him in my daily fantasy roster, as well as Jimmy Johnson. I don't think I called that out. So those are two guys that I'm, I'm taking both of those guys in my daily fantasy. They're going off at, let's see, Johnson's 8000 bucks And Custer, he's one of those guys who's below that average value of 8300 So he's going off at 7300 So that's really good value, I think, for someone who could do some damage kind of unexpectedly, flying below the radar. So mark me down there for Custer all across the board there. I love it. Third guy, I'm taking Eric Jones, all right? He's going off at plus 105, so right along that mark where you're either getting money or giving up some money, getting a tiny bit of money there at plus 105 from the book. So six races in his past, two top tens. So 33% of the time he's finishing in the top 10. He finished fourth in the fall of 2018 and sixth in the spring. So really good numbers there, you know, leading up to last fall's race where he finished 15th. So it's tough with Eric Jones. I mean, he has everything. He's got the tools that he needs. He has the finishes in the past to say, you know what, I I think it's worth it um, to take him plus 105. He is dealing with the free agency stuff, Christopher Bell taking his ride. But this, when, you know, this new world with COVID and everything like that, these guys aren't at the racetrack for very long. I think this is an opportunity for him to maybe sit down and, and talk to some people about free agency and show what he can do at a racetrack like Dover. He's racing every race for his next ride. So it wouldn't surprise me around Daytona time period to see, oh, you know, Eric Jones is signing here because they had some time to work out the details at Dover. He showed what he can do in these two races and they're going to make it work. So Mark me down for Eric Jones, plus 105 to finish in the top 10 on Saturday. We'll see what happens on Sunday, but I like the value there coming out of it. He's starting 13th, so he's right right there. Good starting position to try to jump up a few spots in the course of the race. So the top 10 guys, Johnson, Custer, and Eric Jones, that's who I'm targeting for Saturday and, and Sunday too, but we'll add in and take some guys away on the Instagram account for Sunday's race if you're looking for the updates. Now, a couple true prop bets to talk about. we got to keep talking about odd or even because odd, once again, is going off at plus 105. I don't know why because if you look at the top four favorites to win the race, three of them, their car number is an odd number. We're talking Martin Truex Jr., 19 car, Chase Elliott in the nine car, and Denny Hamlin in the 11th car. Kevin Harvick is the true favorite going off this weekend. He's driving the four car, obviously. But to me, let's take the value here. I mean, you have the big guns up front to get this done, so I really like that. Then, kind of moving along that same vein, let's talk over-under. This year, or this week, rather, they dropped the over-under line to 11.5. So what that's saying is you no longer get Blaney, because last week it was 12.5. But I don't care about that because Blaney's numbers are not historically good at this racetrack. Like I, I honestly am not phased by the fact that you don't get Ryan Blaney. You get a bunch of other guys, including Kevin Harvick, that are really good. Hamlin, you get Chase, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch is historically good here. So a lot of good numbers down below 11.5. And, and we have just been on fire here with those two prop bets. So I am going to say, let's do it. We're going under 
11 and a half. Even though it's minus 125, I, I don't care. You might be able to even parlay that pick and um, make it a little even better. So odd plus 105 and under 11.5 minus 125. The last prop bet that we're talking about here is the manufacturer one. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Ford has struggled here in the last 17 races, but yet they're going off as the favorite, plus 140. That has to be the Kevin Harvick effect. He's the guy with the six wins. That has to be why they're going off at such a strong number. Toyota's plus 155. So, you know, that's pretty good there. You're only getting four, really five cars total. So I kind of like the Chevy pick. I mean, they're going off at plus 255. I talked about why I like Chase. It's good value. And there's a lot more Chevy drivers out there. So if something crazy happens, Chevy could be, you know, the one just powered by numbers in that point. So I think I'm liking Chevy plus 255 because of the value. And just a reminder, if you're thinking about taking the uh, prop bet where you could bet on the team to win the race, if you're, once again, the books kind of have this screwed up, the team, Joe Gibbs, is going off at plus 150 to win the race. When Toyota, where you get more cars, is going off at plus 155. So you're going to want to take uh, Toyota in that one. I mean, it just makes way more sense to take them. So my pick, Chevy, plus 225, just because of the value and chase. But uh, if you're already looking at the Joe Gibbs camp, make sure you just make it the Toyota pick. And that is going to lock up our prop bet section. All right, all right, all right. What do you say we move over now to the head-to-head section? This is where we look at a matchup with two drivers going mano y mano, and there's odds set on those as well. So we're going to look at who we like in four different matchups coming up this weekend. And we're going to start, we're going to get back on the same matchup that we looked at last week because I have a bone to pick. This is Matt Kenseth versus Ryan Newman. Now, Kenseth going off at minus 129 to Newman's 104. So Matt is the favorite here. But I can't get enough of this matchup because these guys are just so bad this year. But they're such good drivers. I don't get it. But it makes it just fascinating to follow along when you have money riding on the line. And last week, I had Kenseth over Newman. And for the most part, I mean, the beginning part, through the halfway point of that race, I was cruising with my top, sorry, my head-to-head picks. I was like 4-0. I did parlay them into a, a nice-looking parlay, and I was cruising. And then all of a sudden, I look back, and Kenseth is way back. So he screwed me. So I'm looking to take a look at this matchup this week and see what we can do with it. So Ryan Newman, let's talk about him first. At Dover, one top five, one top ten in his last ten races here. And that top five, that was all the way back in 2017. So significant amount of races ago. His average finish in that 10 race time span, 17.7. Not great. And only one lap led. So we talk about Newman being good and, and almost great in some racetracks. Dover is just really not it for him. Now, if we look at Matt Kenseth in his last seven, because he did take a few races off, he has one win two top fives and three top tens. His win came in 2016, so a little further back than Ryan Newman's top five, but still a win nonetheless. His average finish, 13.6, and that's good enough for ninth out of all active drivers, and his driver rating is second out of all active drivers, 105.8. So that tells you for his career, he likes this place. Now, 
we talk about it every week, it feels like. The 42 car's just got something wrong with it. But he's got strong numbers, career and recently. So we're not asking him to get a top 10. We're not asking him to get a win. We're asking him to beat the 6 car and Ryan Newman. And at Dover, in the last seven races, head-to-head, Kenseth has a 5-2 lead. So I'm going to take Kenseth in this matchup here. I need some revenge from the Daytona road course last weekend. I need Kenseth to go out and and show us that he does have a pulse because I'm starting to feel like they're just putting a a goddamn like robot in there and no one really knows that he's actually not in the vehicle. I mean, I need Kenseth to show us that he's still Matt Kenseth because he's kind of starting to tarnish his career a little bit with this performance in this 2020 season. So Mark me down, Kenseth over Newman, some revenge, and also just daily fantasy numbers. He's going off at $7,000, well under the the 8,300 average mark. So if you like those numbers that I'm throwing out there, that driver rating, that average finish about Kenseth, maybe he's worth throwing into your roster. I'm not going to throw him into mine, but just throwing that out there. Now the next matchup we have, I am really digging this one, and it's William Byron, minus 134, going off as the favorite big-time favorite, over Clint Boyer, who's plus 100. I wanted first for this one to take a look at the season series between these two because I don't think I've looked that up recently. And Byron has a 13-10 lead over Boyer, which took me a little bit by surprise. Both of them have a technical weekend coming up, technical racing, because they are both within the playoff cut line. Now, Boyer has a little bit more of a, a... leeway and a leash than Byron does. Byron's 25 points to the good, but still it tells you that both of these guys are not going to be taking huge risks. They're going to be trying to nail down some points, maybe get some stage points, really lock in themselves into the playoffs because two races, I mean, they could either end up going to Daytona with needing a win or feeling pretty comfortable. So I think both of these guys are going to be kind of mining their P's and Q's. So that's why this matchup is pretty interesting to me. So Boyer, sorry, we're going to start with William Byron, small sample size, like we talk about always with him. Four starts in his career, only one top 10, but it was last spring, finished eighth. His worst finish was 19th. And I would say for a young driver, four starts, his average finish is 13.5, but 19th to be your worst finish, best finish is eighth. It's really kind of what you're looking for in a matchup like this that spectrum is not too bad you know what i mean so average finish 13.5 i would expect him to finish right around that we look at boyer a lot more stats to work with last 10 races one top five five top 10 finishes his last five races here he has four top tens so doing pretty good and last year ninth and tenth were his finishes his average finish in that time span is actually a little bit lower or higher, depending on how you want to look at it, than Byron, it's 15.2 compared to Byron's 13.5. So Byron has the better average finish. But if you want to look at driver rating, Clint is eighth out of all active drivers when it comes to that stat, 89.9. So this is a really good toss-up here, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Boyer because of the plus 100 value pick, all right? Both of these guys are solid. I, I may go one and one. Maybe I'll change it up for Sunday and take Byron, depending on what I'm seeing on Saturday. But for Saturday's matchup, I'm taking Boyer plus 100. The value's there for me. It really seems to make sense. And I'm also going to toss Boyer into my daily fantasy lineup. He's going off with 
his value rather is 7,800 in the daily fantasy stuff for DraftKings. Byron, also a solid pick. He's right around that average value mark, 8,200 bucks. So both of these guys are good options there, but I'm going to go with Boyer in the matchup and Boyer on my roster. Next up, We've got a guy that we've already talked about today, Jimmy Johnson, taking on Eric Almarola. Solid matchup here that the books are spitting out there to us. Almarola is going off as the favorite, minus 125 to Johnson's minus 106, and I don't really see the reason why. Uh, this is less to me about Jimmy Johnson and more about the fact that Almarola is just not awesome here. I, I'm not seeing it. So we talked about Jimmy. We talked about both of these guys, actually, for the past few episodes as our top 10 picks. They're, they're really sexy top 10 picks because their values like right around that number that we want. Well, now they're going head to head and first, you know, re reiterating what Jimmy Johnson has done, two wins, three top fives, six top tens, very solid average finish, 14.5, awesome driver rating. Numbers are there for Jimmy Johnson. I mean, you, you get the picture. He's going to be there. We talked about why we need it. He needs it the whole nine yards. Eric Almarola now, like I said, it's more about him struggling here. Two top fives and two top tens in his last 10 races here, and they were both fifth-place finishes. The thing is, those fifth-place finishes came all the way back in 2015. He hasn't really done shit since then. His average finish is 15.4. So he's usually finishing, if you're looking at his finishes in that time span, he's usually really finishing right around that you know, mid-teens area which his average finish would show you to believe. So head-to-head -head in nine races here, Johnson has the 6-3 to three lead in that matchup. And like I said, Almirola just hasn't figured it out recently. A lot of times when we've been taking Eric Almirola for our top 10 picks or even the, the picks to win or top five, it's because he's showing trending upwards. He's showing that he's getting better in the rides that he's in recently because he's in that 10 car. And that's not what we're seeing that trend here at Dover. So I'm avoiding them for Saturday here. I'm going with the underdog, Jimmy Johnson, minus 106. And I'm also throwing Johnson, like I said, in his value is 8,000 for Daily Fantasy. So good stuff all around. I'm avoiding Almirola. Last matchup is the Battle of Heavyweights. Perfect, perfect thing to put out there if you're the sports books. Harvick versus Hamlin. This is what you know, all the talking heads are really talking about right now for the championship pretty much. But let's just focus on Dover. Harvick going off at minus 155 to Hamlin's plus 115. Now, my answer to this pick is going to be a little bit a, a, a slimy one. So, so stay with me. Now, let's break it down a little bit. I mean, these are just the two top guys in the field. At Michigan, the last time we had the doubleheader, it was these two guys battling. And then we had... Uh, Another weekend where they traded, it was Pocono, the doubleheader. They traded wins in second places. So doubleheaders seem to bring the best out of these two drivers. Kevin Harvick, specifically at Dover, two wins, five top fives, seven top tens at Dover in the last 10 races. In 2019, he finished fourth and fourth. So right around that mark that you want to be towards the end of the race to maybe snag a win. His driver rating is 6th out of everybody, and his average finish is 4th, which is 9.6. Really good numbers there for Kevin Harvick. That shows you why he's going off at plus 375 to win the race as the head and shoulders favorite. Now, Hamlin, on the other hand, no wins, two top fives and six top tens in his last 10. Average finish, 13.3. That's good enough for 7th on the circuit, and he's really just good here. 
He's not great. His driver rating is not within the top 10. So that tells you like historically, he hasn't been fantastic, but his numbers, I mean, he's just missing those wins and those top fives. He's, he's knocking out top tens pretty easily in that 11 car, but the top fives are kind of really what you want to see when you're going up against somebody like Kevin Harvick. This season, clearly Hamlin is on one, and it wouldn't shock me if he went out and won the race. Uh, he's going off at plus 550, so it wouldn't shock me at all if he did that. But here's my answer to this pick. Harvick is going off at minus 155. That number is huge. Now, if I'm going to parlay Harvick with the rest of these picks, I think that's the matchup. You take Harvick, he's the, the favorite for a reason, you take him in that matchup and, and snag a potentially easy win in your parlay. If you were to throw all these guys, all these picks that I'm calling out right now into a parlay, it would be plus 1,045. That's a damn good number for a, a parlay like this. So Harvick makes sense there. If you're looking at a standalone bet where you're taking just one or the other, I think Hamlin makes sense because of the value. Plus 115 for Denny Hamlin, that's really good value there. So um, think of it that way. You know, if, if you're trying to throw a parlay together, Harvick's your shot. But if it's just a standalone bet, I would take the chance on Hamlin just because of the value and the fact that this season he's so good. So to recap, my head-to-head picks for this weekend at Dover, Kenseth over Newman, Boyer over Byron, getting the better odds there. Johnson, getting some better odds over Almirola. And Harvick, minus 155 in a parlay. Or Hamlin, plus 115 standalone. Mark it down. We're getting a little creative this week. Then before we get into anything else, I just wanted to finish up this section by calling out my official Daily Fantasy roster on DraftKings this week because for some reason the rosters are available earlier than they were last week, so we're able to talk about it more specifically. So I've called out some guys along the way, but just wanted to recap there. I'm going with Chase Elliott. He's going for $10,000. Cole Custer, $7,300. Clint Boyer, $7,800. Johnson, $8,000. Truex at $11,000. And then the other guy that we didn't talk about at all, I, I went with heavy hitters. And didn't have much left over. Ryan Priest is the guy that I'm going with. 5700 bucks, really cheap value there. That's a guy, he finished 19th last year. And if he can replicate that, I'm going to be okay with that. Because I really think that the guys ahead of him, those other five guys are going to do so well, it's going to offset you know, the, the finish there. So I'm going with Ryan Priest in that area. Just really need him to finish top 20, maybe even top 25. I'm going to be happy with him there. So... That's my roster. I'll, I'll throw that up on Instagram as well. But felt really good to be able to put that together. I'm feeling pretty confident about it. Last week, the Daytona Road Course, I did a Daily Fantasy head-to-head and, and crushed it. So I'm feeling pretty good. Got some momentum there. And see what we end up with this weekend on Saturday. So we'll see. All right, so we're going to end things this week a little bit differently. This is obviously a NASCAR podcast. That's what we love through and through. But the Indy 500 is coming up on Sunday on NBC. And, you know, IndyCar, it's, it's kind of the, the sibling sport to NASCAR. And when they're having their largest event of the year, it's worth taking a look. And the gambler in me is just too attracted to it to resist. I'm like a, a fly to a light there. So I got to dig into a little bit. Now, I need to start by saying that I am in no way, shape, or form... Uh, an expert on IndyCar. 
All right, this is really just going to be pulling from my past experiences and, and what I'm seeing out there right now. So just want to get that out there because if you're someone who is an IndyCar fan, you might be saying to yourself, well, this guy doesn't know shit. Well, to be honest with you, I don't, but I have bet on IndyCar before and I know some of the names and, and what you're getting yourself into there. So let's start talking about it. I mean, IndyCar overall, I you know don't watch it. NASCAR is my sport, but when you compare it to F1... You know, NASCAR, IndyCar, F1, I, I feel like it's right in the middle as far as passing. With NASCAR, there's passing nonstop. That's what I like about it. IndyCar, not so much. F1, really no passing for the lead that much at all. So it's it's kind of in the mix. So it is watchable. I mean, it's a, it's a thing where you're going to bet on it, and you're not going to be disappointed watching it. So the favorite this week to win the Indy 500 is Scott Dixon. He's going off at plus 400, and I like that number for Scott Dixon. They've raced six times so far this year, and he's won three of them apparently. So he's going off second. Now, Marco Andretti, he was the one that won the pole for the Indy 500. And if Scott Dixon won the pole, I probably would be less inclined to say, yeah, let's let's go for it. But because he got beat there on qualifying day, I feel like he's got just something extra there that's going to propel him there to get the W. He's the nine car, which we like to chase Elliott earlier in this podcast. So nine cars unite there. He won in 20, sorry, 2008. So it's been a little while, but clearly something is clicking for this team and, and this driver, Scott Dixon, this year. Maybe he's liking this, you know, weird schedule for the, the COVID stuff that's going on in all sports. So Hey, you, something you got to look at there, plus 400, it, it's pretty good. And I tend to think, from my experience betting on IndyCar, and F1 for that matter, where I'm a little bit outside my element, or a lot outside my element, the odds makers are usually pretty damn good. So when they're telling you that Scott Dixon is a really heavy favorite, I'm going to bet on him, among some other guys here, but I'm going to bet on him and, and probably assume I'm going to cash in. So plus 400 for him, I, I like it. Now, he's the favorite. I want to talk for a second about my guy, all right? My guy every year when the Indy 500 goes around is Joseph Newgarden. I don't even know if you pronounce it Yosef, but he's an American, so I'm pretty sure it's Joseph Newgarden. He's the guy for Chip Ganassi Racing, driving the number one car. And every year for the Indy 500, I take Joseph Newgarden to finish in the top 10. I don't care what the odds are. I always do it. And the last few years, I have crushed it. And it just feels so good. I have no idea. When I first started making that bet, I didn't know really who he was. I just saw he was American. I thought his last name was pretty cool, driving the one car. So at this point, it's kind of like a tradition for me. So let's do it. Minus 159 is the number. I'm going to lay that down. And then... If you want to start talking about my guy, Newgarden, he's going off at plus 1,100 to win the race. And those are some big odds, but he's actually like fourth or fifth from the top, like fifth favorite. So pretty good numbers there. He's starting 13th. I feel like it's, I, I don't know this, but I feel like it's pretty hard to gain that many positions to, to win the race in, uh, in Indy 500. But who knows? I'm still going to throw a little bit of cash down on him to win the race because you know, he's just somehow become my favorite driver in IndyCar. Uh, so definitely taking the top 10, and I expect that to hit. But to win the race, why not? I, I like it. He's actually done some pretty good stuff. Strong season so far. He's had a win already this year. So 
good stuff all around out of that team, that Chip Ganassi team, NASCAR connection there. So I'm loving everything about it. The last guy that I'm going to call out is Alexander Rossi. He's starting ninth, and he finished second last year in a crazy race. It was a really great finish, a, a memorable one, and his value is plus 750 to win the race. That's the, the second favorite. So starting ninth, decent starting position within the top 10. He clearly has a you know relatively fast car, and I feel like, Finishing second last year has stuck with him, and he's going to have to jump up and try to prove the haters wrong and snag a victory in the Indy 500. So Alexander Rossi is somebody that I'm taking to win the race at plus 750. I feel like that value is good for a driver of his caliber. So those are the guys that, you know, money line I like. Now, I'm actually going to call those same guys out in head-to-head matchups because they've got these guys matched up with people that I think they're going to win their matchups for. So let's start with Scott Dixon. He's minus 182 head-to-head versus Marco Andretti, who is plus 135. I think that is a lock. I think Marco Andretti being on the pole is a total fluke, and Scott Dixon is definitely going to be there. I think Andretti's going to drop like a rock, and Scott Dixon should easily win that matchup. You know, no catastrophic crashes or anything like that happening. I think Dixon easily wins that one. So mark me down for Dixon there. Now, Rossi is taking on somebody else that I usually bet on, and it's Ryan Hunter Ray. They're both going off at minus 115. Hunter Ray is somebody that I usually bet on in a head-to-head matchup, and I have never once won betting on Ryan Hunter Ray in a head-to-head matchup. Always I lose, whether it's Indy 500 or maybe I'll catch you know, I'll see that it's going to be on and I've got nothing to do and I'll, I'll throw a little, you know, quick bet on an IndyCar race. I take Ryan Hunter Ray and he always lets me down. So I'm going the opposite approach this Indy 500 season and I'm going with Alexander Rossi. Talked about why I liked him to win the race a little bit, but it's really going against Hunter Ray in this scenario. Rossi starting ninth, Hunter Ray starting fourth, but Hunter Ray this season has really brought nothing to the table. And he's got good odds, or, or, you know, he's higher up as a favorite. I think he's the third favorite to win the race at, like, plus 800, which something doesn't compute. Like, an IndyCar guy would have to say to me, hey, look, Phil, this is why Ryan Hunter Ray is going off at those numbers, because it just doesn't make sense to me. He's brought nothing as far as stats are concerned throughout the season. He hasn't had a podium all year, which is what they care about over there. And, you know... Rossi has been up there. So give me Rossi in that matchup, even minus 115. Then we've got Joseph Newgarden taking on Will Power. Power, he's he's a man from the past. I mean, he's just not the, the guy that he used to be. I know he's won this race uh, in the past, but he's, he's over the hill. All right. It's Joseph Newgarden's time here. And Will Power, he's got that cool name, especially for a race car driver, but Get out of here. New Garden's going to win this matchup pretty easily. Will Power starting further down in the pack as well. So that's going to be a, a hurdle for him uh, against a, a better race car driver. I don't think so. Th- that matchup also minus 115. Like I said, not an IndyCar guy. Maybe there's a reason why. But from my perspective, where I sit, I don't see how that is an even matchup. And then we're going to end it with a, a matchup of former winners and guys who have weird names. Simon Pagano. He won last year. He was our, our past champion from a year ago, taking on Takuma Sato. Um, 
Pagano is the favorite, minus 155. And looking at the stats for this year and, and recent years, it seems like Pagano is just absolutely going to wipe the floor with this Sato fella. Um, Sato, maybe he's in this matchup because he won in the past, but Pagano is coming off of a victory. Apparently, he started last in Iowa this year and won the race, which is pretty incredible. Um, I think there was a pretty big wreck in that race that might have helped out with that but still for from worst to first it's a pretty big deal in any racing event so pagano still has it even though he won last year you could say oh you know it's a thing of the past no he's still running strong that team is running strong and taking on a guy who i don't think has shown much in the 2020 season so to me that seems a bit of a layup the odds makers agree minus 155 is the value there so to recap, I'm throwing all these in a parlay and saying, hey, let's do it, because they seem like absolute layups to me. Dixon, minus 182 over Marco Andretti. Rossi over Ryan hunter Ray 115. Joseph Newgarden over Will Power, minus 115. And Simon Pagano, minus 155 over Sato. That's our Indy 500 picks. Who would have thought, you know, we're, we're making picks for the IndyCar season, but um it feels good, and I'm definitely going to give it a look. Say you go out, you throw these picks in on that, you cash in. Then you're going at the NASCAR race. I mean, the schedule for Sunday is phenomenal because then you got the NASCAR race to hit later in the day. It's going to be great. So let's hit this parlay, hit these money line picks, and then we're just spending all of our winnings at the 4 o'clock NASCAR race on all the picks we talked about to start the podcast. I love it. Just bets, bets, bets. Can't get any better than this. Alrighty, so that's going to be the checkered flag on another episode of Full Tank with Phil. We've got the Dover Double coming up this weekend. Go out, place those bets, cash in, because we've got the big one looming a week from now. Daytona's out there, the last race of the regular season, so let's cash in on this doubleheader, make our money, and get ready for the great equalizer next week. Remember, follow us at Full Tank Phil on Instagram for any updated picks this weekend. Drive fast, take chances, and we will see you next time.